Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined once again by Eric and Eric alone. Ooh, just me. Yes. We kicked Chloe out. <laughs> we did. And by that, I mean uh, Chloe had to go somewhere else because she's in demand. I hear her walking around the apartment right now mm. getting ready. She's waving, everyone. <laughs> but she won't be joining us for this episode Eric and I are going to talk about things. Currently, we're in the pop culture section. So, Eric, that means you know what is going to happen right now. Yeah. I'm going to ask you for your little recce Rex. I can make some. All right, do it. Can I start with two big anti-Rex? Yes, I love anti-Rex. They're not... One's media-related. One's not media-related. Okay. But I I have to talk about it. Please go ahead. First anti-Rex. It's not a specific media... But it's just, it's an idea about media. Okay. okay. Yes. So related to my last recommendation, I love Hell's Kitchen. I love the show Hell's Kitchen. What would Gordon do? What would Gordon do? That's how I live my whole life. Started, there's a a new season. There's a new season of Hell's Kitchen. Okay. I just found out this week that my my roommate, we don't have cable. We don't pay for cable. Mm -hmm. But my roommate has an, uh, I think it's an Amazon, the, the Fire Stick. Oh, a yes. Fire stick. yes, yes, yes. It's a fire stick. You can get live TV on a fire stick. You can, yes. So I found out I can watch Hell's Kitchen as it airs. Wow. For th- I haven't done that in so long. Yeah. Because I haven't had cable in years. Sure. Guys, watching live television, Oof. terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it is 90% commercials. It's 90% commercials. Especially something like Hell's Kitchen. Yes. Which is like barely a show. No offense. <laughs> it's basically like, what can we put in between the commercials? Mm-hmm. It's so Gordon Ramsay screaming at people. It's so much cool. commercial. Yeah. It's so much commercial. And it got to the end of the episode. It ends on like a cliffhanger. And I was devastated. Because <laughs> I was like, I have to wait an entire I week to watch a new episode. I truly believe eventually that won't exist anymore. I think so too. Because it is impossible to watch. And people like <laughs> fade in between episodes, stop watching. If I can't binge watch a show, I don't watch it. Yeah. I, I honestly think like it would Ooh, be very Exception easy. because of spoilers, Game of Thrones. Right. I have to watch live because... Oh, no sure, one sure. in my life can be trusted. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. even the people who are like, no spoilers, no spoilers, this person dies. I'm sorry. And then I'm like, ah! <laughs> I've heard people referring to things now as appointment television, mm. which are like shows that are so good that you have to watch them live because you I can't like wait. Um, so you you base your life around watching it live because you don't want to risk spoilers or stuff like that. Oh, I just got a text from Charles. Oh, no. AC trains are fucked both ways. He's been stuck at a station for 15 minutes. Oh, my God. The fuck? All right. Sorry, guys. I'm just trying to figure out. I got to leave right after this. Great. It's it's just such a joy to live in the city. Right uh, yeah. You know, that's prophetic because my, uh, my second anti-rec is public transit related. <laughs> <laughs> no, we like adequately funded public transportation. Yeah. No, no. I'm not going to anti-rec public transportation. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, What's your other anti-rec, though? <laughs> This is gonna sound. This is probably. This is gonna sound like the most me thing that I've ever said on the show. I would like to anti-rec the boarding system of New Jersey Transit. Oh, I can I sign your petition <laughs> because it's the stupidest thing it I've ever seen. Unreal. Oh, it's so stupid. But okay, no, guys. For people who don't know, it's imagine fine. this. You're in a train station, and it's like one of those grand train stations that you've seen on, you know, 
movies of New York where they where they show you like a big grand you know a big grand train station. You're in a a very large building filled with hundreds, maybe thousands of people. Okay, you're waiting to get on a train to go to New Jersey. There's a big board with all the trains that are going to be leaving. It tells you the train number and where they're going. Super helpful. What it doesn't tell you is what track it's going to be leaving right. from. So you're waiting around. Your train leaves at, let's say, 3.07 p.m. You're waiting around to find out where your train's going to be. There are roughly 30 tracks mm-hmm. covering a great distance. About seven minutes before your train is due to leave the station, they finally give you the track number. Mm-hmm. And then... Hundreds of people have to run to one or two single doors Mm -hmm. to run downstairs and get on the train in less than seven minutes. On a pretty narrow platform. On a pretty narrow platform. Do you know the mini hack for that? I don't know. It's not super helpful, but Mm -hmm. it'll give you a jump on the thousands of people. (laughs) There's a second set of boards downstairs. It like... Like uh, on, underground. Oh. So if you go down that escalator, like, you know, the main floor with all yeah. the boards. If you go down the escalator, there's a second set of boards by the actual tracks. Oh, that's where I was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It like gives you a mini jump. Got, on the a pe- little bit of a A jump, lot of yeah. tourists don't know that's down right, there. So right. they wait on the f- that upper platform. Yeah. And yeah. then they're like the last ones on the train. Right. Yeah. I go straight down to the tracks. Uh, but even then it's like you'll be standing like by track three to be like yeah. you're on track 20 it, like, like it doesn't help much it yeah. maybe gives you like 30 seconds right, right. before everybody else it is and uh, like what was crazy was i i used those times because that was when my train was due to leave mm. we got our track number at like 301 and that train left the station at 307 yeah like yeah. they don't fuck around. No, they don't fuck around. You have five minutes to get across the train station, downstairs, and onto the train. Yeah, uh, our lives are chaos. Everybody, <laughs> it is utter chaos. Just an absolute fucking nightmare. Uh, so, those are your anti wrecks. Do you have yeah. any? I have music wrecks. Yeah, I have music wrecks. People uh, always want your music wrecks. Stuff that I've been listening to recently. Um, oh, I may have some, uh, maybe like podcast wrecks. I don't know. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of the band Typo Negative. Cool. I th- think I've heard of them. Uh, they were like a '90s band. Yeah. Uh, very like goth metal. Mm-hmm. Um, very good. Very cool. Like original sounding. Like very interesting band. Um, I love Typo Negative. Um, oh, there's a um, one of the members of one of my bands really got me on a kick of listening to like '80s like new wave and post-punk stuff Mm -hmm. so we were listening to a lot of uh this band called the teardrop explodes Mm -hmm. um uh great like english post-punk band and then also there's a scottish band called big country Mm -hmm. um we we were i i pa'd on a a music video for my friend and we were just like driving around the city listening to that stuff did you wind up in the video i am in the video what do you do in the video? I am a uh, a car driver. Okay. Um, and uh, some shenanigans happens. Oh, when can we see it? It's supposed to be out in like two weeks. Are you gonna post it? Oh, of course. Follow it like on a, Twitter. Yeah, like it's a pretty like uh, like decently well known band on like a, a pretty reputable Hell yeah, uh, dude. record label. So it's gonna get a lot of living play. Living I think. your big apple dreams. Living the I dream. Paying on a set, and then they put me in the video. Yeah. Amazing. You're like Charlize Theron. 
I'm exactly like Charlize She went Theron. to the bank, she threw a little bit of a fit because she's Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. And uh, an agent saw her and was like, who's that beautiful, angry woman? Yeah. And signed her. Exactly the same. You're, you and Charlize? It's exactly the same. Yeah. Um, also, there were like, these are not, I guess these are, I mean, I will recommend these. These are like podcasts that I think everybody is aware of, but I just never listened to them. But I recently was going back and I started listening to Radiolab and Planet Money. Yeah, wait, you're the second person to ask me about Radiolab. I think yesterday in D.C., uh, D.C., <laughs> D.C., <laughs> yesterday in D.C., B.Z. asked me if I had ever listened to yeah. Radiolab. Yeah. It's Radiolab like a, and what else? Uh, Planet Money. Right. It's just really, I don't know, Planet Money I really like because the episodes are about 20 minutes long. Mm-hmm. They have a ton of them. They release them very often, but they're like 20-minute episodes, and they just, like, they just have like one little topic that they find interesting um related to like it's it's like money related it's also it has to deal with like just in general economic theory mm-hmm. and and sometimes that's that bleeds into like behavioral theory um but uh yeah it's just very interesting i like the i like the format a lot and then yeah i listen, went back to listen to radio lab um and uh, listen to a couple of because I had such a long train ride to like into Jersey or just like listening to stuff I'd never listened before. I listened to a couple episodes of uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast, mm-hmm. Star Talk. Mm-hmm. That was pretty interesting. There's some like good stuff in there. Cool. Um, I was trying to think if I have any new recommendations, but I've just been in D.C. So the Harry Potter audiobooks. Yeah. Still, still going through that. Still enjoying it. Very excited to see the movies. I am. So let me see where I'm at exactly. I am on the fifth book. Wow. You've been powering through those. Oh, yeah. I mean, the audiobooks are so easy to listen to. It's just like someone telling you a dope story, you know? Uh, so, oh, it's playing. Okay. So, book five, and I am, where am I at? I have nine hours left on book five. Wow. Book five is like 20 hours. Yeah. I think book five. Five, which one's book five? Uh, Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix. I'm fairly positive that was the book. I got a job when I was in like college. I got a job at Books a Million, mm. and my third day on the job <laughs> was the midnight release <laughs> of Order of the Phoenix. Oh my and god! Just was like. Chaos. 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 Just absolute madness. Monster children coming in. They're like, where is it? And like, we had an assembly line to get it into their hands fast enough so they didn't kill someone. Yeah, that's what we did. There was no cash. You had to buy a ticket beforehand that we could just scan with a barcode scanner and that was it. You had to pre-order everything. And then, uh, I don't know if people know this, when the Harry Potter books were coming out, they were intense with bookstores oh like you had to they there were bookstores that had to redesign their bookshelves mm-hmm. because the books didn't fit yeah. the way they were designed so jk rowling's people were like oh build new bookcases yeah. if you want our books and it was like mm, what <laughs> when i when i started working at books a million i went in this was like a week before the pre the the release I walk in the back. They show me the back of the, the, the Books a Million where all the like overstock stuff and you know stuff to put on the shelf is. And there's just a pallet of, <laughs> of boxes wrapped in colored cellophane yep. with Harry Potter logo all over it. Yeah. They're like, 
Those are the Harry Potter books for next week. If you touch them, we will send you to prison for life. Yep. They're like, you cannot touch the palette. If any cellophane is ripped before the day of, they will sue us. Yep. We we had them in a cage and the cage had to stay locked. Uh And it was like very intense about who had the key. And like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was insane. They were like, you cannot cut the cellophane on the palette until the day of. You cannot open a box of books until exactly midnight. So we had... Hundreds of people packed into our tiny bookstore. I mean, not tiny. It was like a sizable books a million, but like hundreds of people mm. packed into our bookstore, waiting for at midnight to buy books. We were not allowed to rip open the boxes to start handing out books yeah. until midnight. It, so that was the same at Borders. I think we locked them out of the store. But what was so frightening about that was the <laughs> the doors were glass, so oh, we God. just a sea of children <laughs> watching, like uh-huh. with their faces pl- pressed up against the glass, dressed as wizards, like watching and like as seeing us carry the boxes out. Uh-huh. And they were like, nah! <laughs> it was like so frightening. Yeah. Uh, Is that? I think I can say spoilers about Harry Potter. Well, not for me. I'm trying to remember if uh, Eric just don't say. I'm not anything. gonna say it because my books are all mixed up now. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm not gonna say it. Shut the fuck up! I've yeah. somehow managed to avoid spoilers for two decades. I will say this: there was a spoiler okay. in the. Shut the fuck no, I'm up! I'm not gonna say anything all other right. than that there was a spoiler. Okay. Uh, and my friend was offering me sums of money. <laughs> <laughs> to spoil it as I handed out the book. Oh my god, Eric! They would have sent you to prison. I would have died. I think. I think I honestly would have killed died. you. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But it Ripped was just apart by children. Such madness that like they were in line. They had these tickets with these barcodes that we had to scan to redeem their book. We weren't allowed to open the boxes till midnight, which was also when the books were on sale. So they literally had us two to a register and one person, <clears throat> which was my job because of my third day at the job. Literally, all I was doing was. I had a box cutter. I was just frantically tearing open boxes and just throwing yeah. books to children <laughs> as the other person was scanning barcodes. And I was just throwing books to people uh, as they were like running out of the store. It was insane. <laughs> so uh, were those all your wrecks? I think so. I think that was a lot. That was a good, good yeah, amount of wrecks. Yeah, I to see if there was anything. I would have more if I had a life. But uh, <laughs> when I have free time, apparently all I do is watch cooking shows. Oh, I know what I can recommend. Uh, guys, if you have not heard Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's song, The Shallow, yet, what are you even doing? Go Man, listen to it. I want to see that movie so bad. Me too. I think Meredith was supposed to have gotten us tickets. I know she wanted to go with a bunch of people, but... Yeah. Um, I got to write her about that because I definitely want to see that movie. I the can't. song is so good, you guys. I think I may have mentioned it on the show before, but Lady Gaga sounds like a witch queen who has called for the violent executions of all of your enemies. <laughs> and that's a compliment. Yeah. Her voice is so powerful and haunting in that song. Lady Gaga is, she's great. I'll just go ahead and start with that. She's amazing. Hot take. Yep. Uh, but it is just like, I can't remember if I mentioned on this, on this show before. I'm sure I must have. Lady Gaga and I were born on the exact same day. So she's in uh, the same year? Same year, exactly. So she's in your cluster? Yes. Sensei, yeah. Yes. Uh, I've not you, seen Sensei. She so. and her, you and her share powers. If you ever I in a, in a position where you need to sing magnificently... Lady Gaga will take your place and sing for you. I hope to God and that's true. And if she true. ever needs to play bass, uh-huh. 
you will sub for her. That's how it works. I hope that's true because really all it is is we were born on the exact same day, so we're the exact same age. Uh-huh. So which means that her presence is just a constant reminder of how my life is going. <laughs> well, here's the thing. <laughs> None of us should compare ourselves to Lady Gaga because by those standards we're all failing. <laughs> it's just being that we share it, I, I mean that's the only reason I'm co- doing the comparison is because we're born on the exact same day uh-huh. so I'm just constantly like oh right right. that's what I could have accomplished in life and I I mean not. Eric was that what you wanted did you want to be in a film with Bradley Cooper yes <laughs> okay I didn't know I didn't know what your goals were I would I would I mean not that it's a goal did I would you want to l- cut an album with Tony Bennett I don't yes. know okay well now I know <laughs> alright that Tony Bennett album is really good I never heard it it's really good they're just singing like jazz standards and she is amazing. Did it's you want to be an American horror story? I mean, I, yes. Okay. I no, right. I, not that I would have wanted to do any of those things, but knowing that I could have, yes. You at least want Ryan Murphy to offer it. Yes. Eric, do you want to be an American horror story? And then yes. you can be like, no, Ryan Murphy. <laughs> but thank you for asking. No, because I think your work has gone downhill. But thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Was Glee good? Anyway. <laughs> good. Wow. Hot take. I don't that's a real hot take uh, is it I, I know a lot of people who don't like it i don't like it but i think for the majority of people that's a hot take i don't know i, I watched it a lot and yeah. there were parts that i enjoyed but i was always like i don't think this show's good <laughs> that's a lot of ryan murphy though yeah, yeah he like somehow gets very good people to work for him mm-hmm. so like sarah paulson and evan peters make every season of Amer- american horror story like must watch right, right, right but if he did not have these extraordinary actors mm-hmm. on this like oftentimes mediocre show, (laughs) would it be good? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. But Lady Gaga was great in American Horror Story. Yeah. I mean, she was also cast as a vampire queen. Mm -hmm. So, like a fabulous vampire queen. Right. So it was basically Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But man, she she killed it. It was great. Uh, So why were we talking about this? Oh, because you were having an existential crisis. Right, 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 right. Right. I like Bradley Cooper, too. He's great. I think he's great. Yeah. If you ever want to laugh, go find the montage of Bradley Cooper earnestly asking questions at Inside the Actor's Studio oh, yes. as a student in the audience. He's got his little like fingers pressed against his lips. Yeah, but I think it's so cool. It's like, great. It it's awesome. very cool to see someone of his caliber like at the beginning of his, or not the beginning of his career, like middle of his career maybe. Um, like He's just a very earnest, curious guy. I also think it's great because I think he is a very talented actor. And I think for a long time, he was sort of looked at as like a very like, I don't know. He was in a lot of movies, like Vince Vaughn type movies. You know what I mean? He like was in he was, stupid movies. Yeah. He was in bad movies or stupid movies. And he was like, I think it's great that he's getting recognition now. Like at, I think he's a very talented actor. Right. I also, agree. Also, I'm pretty sure I've wrecked this on the show before. I understand my bias and that I like everything involved with like food and chefs, but like he made a chef movie. I think it's good. It got terrible reviews. Oh yeah. That got really bad it got reviews. Horrible. Views. What was it called? It's called burnt. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it got terrible reviews. I think it's a fine movie. It's so dumb. I'm not going to say it's an amazing movie. I think it's a fine movie. I don't trust you, Eric. <laughs> I didn't like anything Bradley Cooper was in and therefore I didn't like him for a long time but then I saw Silver Linings Playbook which is a very flawed movie but he's great in it I think that was a turn for a lot of people because yeah. he made a lot of dumb movies before and that. then he was Rocket mm-hmm. how do you not like him now yeah. he's fucking Rocket yeah uh, he's great so and also I have to say sounds great singing with Gogs. yeah yeah he did yeah 
So while we're kind of in the pop culture section, but this is a good segue also because the bad news section Into is the coming terrible, up. horrible, no good news section. Uh, so this also goes along with the why do bad men get to have a redemption narrative? So Roman Polanski is wow. coming back, guys. You may remember him as a sexual predator. Yeah, he uh, he's making a film called uh, J'accuse. Well, it's bad enough that he's making a movie. Mm-hmm. That in itself, Roman Polanski is making a new film, would be a story worthy of outrage. Uh-huh. But the film, <laughs> but the film he's is making. about a French Jewish soldier who was wrongly accused of espionage in the 1890s and vindicated after five years in a penal colony. So that's right. Roman Polanski, sexual predator, is making a film about a wrongly accused man. Wow. <laughs> sure, it's not for a sexual crime, mm. but it's still a wrongly accused man. Which you think in the uh, the post-Me Too era, somebody would have said, this is a bad fucking idea. Just in general, working at like... Just the idea, like, even if in Roman Polanski's mind he's innocent, mm-hmm. which you know he thinks, I'm sure. He's yeah, innocent, I'm sure yeah. he thinks he is. But even even if you were in Roman Polanski's shoes and you thought you were innocent of all this stuff, how do you not have the sense to just be like, hey, also everyone hates me. Maybe I shouldn't be making a movie. Maybe I should just take my fortune, yeah, and live alone in France. And just live out my days on the fortune that I've amassed already. Right. Like, I'm not saying that's uh, that's a good thing because I think he should be in prison. Sure. And maybe dead. But Raped a child. Yeah. Yeah. So, but even in his mind as an innocent person, how do you not just be like, you know what? Everyone hates me. Like, literally the whole world hates me. I should just sit it out. Yeah, I think that's a good point. But I think it, it's proof that he and somebody like Woody Allen the fucking egos on them. Like, yes. They're such pure narcissists yeah. that they're like, but my genius, I'm depriving the world of my genius. And you yeah. know, he's also surrounded himself with people who are like, you're genius, mm-hmm. you know? So what I'm trying to say is rich people live in a weird cult that we'll never understand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And on that note, here's your bad news. <laughs> I want to talk about projection and denial. I love it. Okay. So I tweeted the other day. It's been really weird to see some Republicans respond to the Brett Kavanaugh uh, rape accusations and the testimony of Brett Kavanaugh's victims with like their own history of sexual trauma not in a solidarity way, but in a way that like dismisses the victims. Oh, I have something. Okay. Did you, yes. So DC McAllister right. uh, tweeted the other day some like really hateful things about Brett Kavanaugh's victims. And at, at one point, uh, Sulam Anderson 
tweeted uh, DC McAllister and said, on behalf of all sexual assault survivors who have ever had a fun night on town with their friends, let me be fr- the first to say middle finger. Because DC McAllister was like, Basically slut shaming, saying like her original tweet was like, so DC McAllister went to UNC at the mm-hmm. same time as Dr. Ford. Yeah. Uh, and so she was and I guess knew her in some capacity. Not that they were friends, but like was aware of her. And it was had like, like supposedly heard stuff about Blake. Yeah, it was work. like, Oh, I would love to ask Dr. Ford about her going to drink at this bar and going to hook up with guys at this bar and so and so. That's what she was Which saying. Which has basically. no bearing whatsoever yeah, on nothing if to do with Brett Kavanaugh raped her or not. So then DC McAllister retweets that and adds, as a sexual assault victim who also had fun nights on the town and knew I couldn't prove the assault years later without destroying our justice system, let me be the first to say middle finger. Oh my God, there's so much to unpack there. So much. The first being that she was sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. So, which is terrible. Um, I don't understand her comment about without destroying our justice system. Because in her mind, in all conservatives' mind. She couldn't mind, prove it? Yes. Because I've asked people about this, and I, I've never been able to get a clear answer. I think in the minds of a conservative, there is no such thing as evidence of a sexual assault. Right. Unless, then, there is, unless there is a videotape of it happening... There's no um, there's no evidence that people a conservative is happy with because they have this fantasy in their head that they're totally objective and and you know the legal system you know it, we don't want to put innocent people in jail so just saying you know an accusation a testimony and stuff like that is not evidence of a sexual assault. But what's so bizarre about that to me is instead of drawing from that the conclusion that our justice system is very flawed. Yes. Because obviously if victims can't find justice, then that is an inadequate justice system. Of course. They invert it and say, therefore, victims should just shut the fuck up. Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's insane. It's insane. It's insane. And it's so heartbreaking that she has internalized it and is like, yeah, I just have to suck it up. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Something, a terrible crime was committed against you. I think you saw a lot of that with the, and I don't, I, I, I mean, I don't mean to disparage these women at all, but like a lot of the women at Fox News Ugh. who were victims of Roger Ailes yes. and some of the other executives there that have never been prosecuted. Because yeah. we know that it was happening from a lot of executives at Fox News. But, but Roger Ailes was the biggest one yeah. that, that ended up becoming public. But like... Yeah. And it's hard to have sympathy, right? Because it's, these people are collaborators. Right. But at the same time, it's so sad. I have another example. So uh, Roger uh, Dreher. Rod Dreher. Rod Dreher was tweeting uh, a while ago. I think this was September 17th. And he said, in high school, I was physically bullied by 17-year-old boys in a sexually humiliating way, but not sex. It affected the direction of my life. They never apologized. Still, I wouldn't hold that against them if they were nominated for the court. They were boys. Again, it's like, dude, the fact that you were tweeting about this decades later 
shows me you were traumatized. Yeah, absolutely. Of course you were because you're a human being and that's really sad. But the fact that they are so fucking oblivious, they can't see that they were traumatized. A crime was committed against them. They should have had justice. They didn't have justice. You know, they didn't report for a whole host of reasons that a lot of victims don't report and it's not their fault for not reporting. But instead of like taking a lesson from that, which is boys should not abuse each other or, or girls or, and men should not abuse women. Right. The conclusion they draw is, well, it happened to me and I, I never, you know, dealt with it. So fuck you. <laughs> I, I mean, these people are clearly delusional. I don't want to like psycho psychoanalyze them cause I'm yeah. no expert, but it really feels to me like these people, they, because of what happened to them, maybe not because of it, but I think these people have to believe in the system and that it works and that if you know what I mean like mm-hmm. they throw all of their intellectual weight into this idea that the system is good and that we have a system that works and that they believe in the objectivity of the judicial system and they just double down on it cuz they have to yeah i mean the reason i'm bringing this up is that Kellyanne Conway uh, again a, a top advisor for Trump said on Sunday that she feels empathy for survivors of sexual assault and dropped the bombshell that she herself was once assaulted, but that still hasn't changed her belief that scrutiny against Brett Kavanaugh is nothing more than raw partisan politics. She said on CNN's State of the Union, I feel very empathetic, frankly, for victims of sexual assault and sexual harassment and rape. I'm a victim of sexual assault, but I don't expect... Judge Kavanaugh or Jake Tapper or Jeff Flake or anybody to be held responsible for that. You have to be responsible for your own conduct. Why does she throw in Tapper? Yeah, that's strange. <laughs> or Jeff Flake. Um, yeah, it's so weird that some Republicans perceive vic- like not even a trial. Like these were vict- or victims talking about what happened to them they perceive that as somehow being like you're weak and you're just whining. Well, in, in in a lot of modern conservative ideology, there's nothing worse to be than a victim of something Mm. because they, they attribute everything to quote unquote victim culture. Right. And how, you know, liberals are want to be victims and are constantly whining and won't, you know, it's the whole bootstrap mentality. Mm. It's the whole, like, you know, they, they attribute everything to Mm -hmm. people wanting to be a victim and they take it so far that even when they are the victim of something, they're like, no, nothing happened. I'm I'm not a victim. Yeah. I mean, that's, totally great for your mental health and i'm sure it doesn't have terrible byproducts and manifest in really toxic ways in your life right yeah i but to me it's the total lack of Mm self-awareness somebody being like well i was horribly assaulted and I haven't even thought about it every day for the rest of my life. You know, it's I know, like, yeah. You're so clearly traumatized. Right. Uh, I mean, a really horrible example of this. I saw, I posted it. I think I just shared it on Facebook. I don't think, I, it was going around Twitter though. I saw it. There was an interview on some news station. I don't remember which one, like a, a major news station. Mm-hmm. But there was this um, adult woman, Trump supporter, and she had two teenage daughters with her. And it was just sort of like, you know, a woman on the street interview, like asking her about what her thoughts on the Kavanaugh hearing were. And she was just being like, 
I mean, she kind of goes off on a little rant, and the, the the thesis of the rant was just like, was just like, what? I can't believe this. They're treating him unfairly. Like, what is he accused of? Just like a little bit of groping. Like, it's no big deal. Wow. And with her two teenage daughters. Great, great. So part of me hopes that like, if her teenage daughters came to her with similar accusations, she would immediately do a one eighty and be like, "Well, for my babies, uh, we have, have to get to, justice." Yeah. But I would also not be surprised if it was, you need to just be quiet and not be weak. Yeah. You know, Penny, why do you think this is a good idea? Oh, my God. Uh, Penny's trying to balance on the back of the chair while digging her claws into my shoulder. By the way, the back of the chair is not even as wide as one of her paws. Good and she job. perched up down there like a little bird. She did. Like my little parrot. <laughs> my little parrot with talons digging into my shoulder. <laughs> So also in bad news, everyone, hundreds of migrant children have been quietly moved to a tent camp on the Texas border. Uh, In shelters, this is from the New York Times, in shelters from Kansas to New York, hundreds of migrant children have been roused in the middle of the night in recent weeks and loaded onto buses with backpacks and snacks for a cross-country journey to their new home a barren tent city on a sprawling patch of desert in West Texas. Until now, most undocumented children being held by federal immigration authorities have been housed in private foster homes or shelters, sleeping two or three to a room. They received formal schooling and regular visits with legal representatives assigned to their immigration cases. But in the rows of sand-colored tents in Tornillo, Texas, children in groups of 20 separated by gender sleep lined up in bunks. There is no school. The children are given workbooks that they have no obligation to complete. Access to legal services is limited. These midnight voyages are playing out across the country as the federal government struggles to find room for more than 13,000 detained migrant children, the largest population ever, whose numbers have increased more than fivefold since last year. If this was happening in another country, mm-hmm. we would invade them. Yeah, as a humanitarian well, if, effort. If we could get something from it. right, 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 right. Yeah. right, right. <laughs> no, but that would easily give us moral authority. Yeah, because if people heard about that and they were like, "Oh, that's poor babies," yeah, yeah. Uh, but because they are undocumented children or migrant children, um, it's acceptable. Or tolerated, I guess. It is just, I mean, it is, I I think you cannot overstate how monstrous and inhumane it is. What is happening to migrant children and, and migrant people who come to the United States. Yeah, I mean, we are the villains in the textbook, you yeah. know. And this is going to be yet another black mark on the United States, you know, we have the genocide of the Native Americans, we have slavery, um, and then of course, separate but equal, we have the abuse of LGBT people, and now we have this. Yeah, it, it, it is just, and, and I think the worst part about it is, if it were sort of happening, if it, I mean, we've always had a pretty awful immigration policy we're the worst forever yes i mean you know you have to remember stories about like 
you know, we turned away boats of Jewish refugees during the Holocaust. And oh, sent I'm them- so sick of you bringing that up. <laughs> Just because there was a genocide going on and we were like, we don't want any. And we sent them back. Send them back to Germany. Yeah, um, we, did. we did that. Uh, you know, we've always had a monstrous immigration policy, but I, I think what makes it so particularly monstrous now is that, you know, there was a time where we had a, a bad immigration policy, but not not that it was a good thing, but I think most people were just unaware of it. We didn't really see it as much. Mm-hmm. I think now what is so particularly monstrous about it is that we know about it. It's out in the open and a substantial portion of the country is cheering it on. Right. Right. Is that we have a vocal group of people in the country that is actively asking for ethnic cleansing. And Um, once again, not to belabor this point, but I feel like it is important. It does not make us safer. No. It there's no immigration has been going down. It wasn't some existential crisis we were having. No, there's no objective there's no positive objective benefit to it. Right. You know, it, not that it would be good still, even but, then, yeah, but even you, then would, at least, you know, the other side would have not, I mean, in my mind, they wouldn't have a case, but they would at least have some sort of ground to stand on to say like, oh, well, we have to do this because it, you know, it, it helps our economy or it, you know, strengthens our, you know, something, they would have something to stand on, but now they don't. Right. There's, it's been proven time and time again. There is no benefit mm-hmm. to our policy, and it is only about keeping, keeping not white people out of the country. Mm-hmm. Right. That's all that it is. Right. Uh. So they're not speaking, taking. They're not taking ahead. migrant Canadian kids. Right. Right. And putting course, them in tents. Of course. You know. Um. So speaking of immigration. ICE has authorized a new list of restraining devices under the Trump administration. Uh, So um, last year, Trump undertook a crackdown on undocumented immigrants uh, as Trump undertook a crackdown on undocumented immigrants. ICE quietly authorized a new list of physical restraint devices for use on detainees. The Young Turks previously reported that one of the devices had been used in fatal incidents involving people detained by law enforcement, but the full list has not been public until now. The list is entitled Authorized Restraint Devices, and it was obtained by the Young Turks under the Freedom of Information Act. The document, distributed internally by ICE's Office of Firearms and Tactical Programs on September 18, 2017, lists the restraining devices authorized under the new guidelines. The document is broken down into three parts. Metallic handcuffs, flexible restraints, and miscellaneous restraints and uh, safety-related equipment. While the document notes that OFTP only approves the use of metallic handcuffs that meet the National Institute of Justice's minimum performance standards, none of its miscellaneous restraints or flexible restraints has been assigned minimum performance standards from the Institute. I... Maybe it's because I sort of I live a very sort of like simple, <laughs> like uh, uncomplicated life, or you know. Uh, but I truly don't understand how you could get up in the morning, go into work, sit down at your desk, open up a document labeled uh, "appropriate restraining devices," mm-hmm. 
and like just work and not realize that you're a monster. Okay, well, hear them out because you don't even know what device is yet. Okay, here it is. Okay. The latter section includes seemingly exotic devices, gang belts, belly chains, transport hoods, oversized leg irons, and locking leg weights. The document also lists the manufacturer of each device. The transport hood, marketed as Transport Hood, is made by the oddly named Safari Land. These restraints are not without risks. The hood, for instance, is marketed as a device to prevent de- detainees from biting or spitting. As one website that sells transport hoods warns, the transport hood should not be used on any person who is unconscious, vomiting, in respiratory distress, or in obvious need of medical attention. Anyone wearing a hood should be under the constant supervision of responsible parties. Well, if there's one thing we know about ICE and our mm-hmm. criminal justice system mm-hmm. is that they take very good care of the prisoners. So they'll, I'm sure, be monitor- monitoring them for safety issues with their restraint devices. Well said. Well said. I mean, we just uh, look to the NYPD, who mm-hmm. uh, doesn't even use uh, hoods uh, all the time, mm-hmm. but uh, still manages to kill people on the regular. Yeah. With, like chokeholds, illegal right. choke mm-hmm. chokeholds, stuff like that. I'm sure it will be fine, is yeah. what I'm trying to mm-hmm. say. Guys, on that note, that's enough of the bad. Here's some good news. All right. I count this as good news for... I'll explain why. Uh, Elizabeth Warren says she's uh, she'll take a hard look at a White House bid. Okay. Okay, Elizabeth. Okay. I'll uh, take it. Speaking at a town hall in Holyoke on Saturday, Warren said she'd take a hard look at running for president after the upcoming midterm elections in November. Look, I, I know she's got some issues. Yep. But in terms of the wider Democratic Party, I can't think of anyone else. Nope, I'd I can't either. Have. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, she gets people excited. Mm-hmm. She, uh, I think, attracts the most amount of Democrats. Yeah. What if she had Bernie Sanders as a running? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I was a, 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 a Bernie supporter in the primaries. Sure. He cannot run again. Oh, I, I, he's so divisive at this point. Okay, so let me ask you this: Who would you have be her running mate? <sighs> oh man. I was going to say, and listen, speaking of people I have a lot of issues with, but just in terms of broadest appeal, I was going to say Kamala Harris. Yes. But here's the issue with that. I think the optics of having a black woman as her running mate are very bad. Yes. Maybe Kamala Harris with Elizabeth Warren as the VP. I, yes. I mean, the optics are certainly better on that. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that would ever happen in a million years. It is hard for me. <laughs> I just, it's so hard for me right now to think of a ticket of like the actual like, because there are, of course, like, you know, I want to say like put somebody from the DSA up there or something, but oh, it's like, sure. that's not going to happen. So we if have, we had like a Warren Cortez. That would be great. Yeah. You know. Um, I still j- uh, don't love the optics of a person of color as a VP. Yes. 
especially with the changing demographics of the country and the Democratic Party. I just think that's a bad idea. Yeah. But I think that would get a lot of people jazzed. I think Cortez is viewed as too extreme. That Well, that's my point. Is yeah. like I would love to have, even as like the candidate, obviously I would love to have a socialist, you know, somebody up there. It's just, I just don't know... When you're talking about a presidential election, you do have to remember that they have to get a, <laughs> they have to get a wide portion of a 300 million right. people who are not in love with socialism. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in terms of like the wider Democratic Party, I don't. I mean, I I, I can't think of who in like the, the who of the actual like prominent members of the Democratic Party would be good. I do, I honestly. The more he's a, uh, the more he's in the limelight. The more I don't want to see Cory Booker. No, um, I know a lot of people will still love him. I, I can't. he is the worst kind of pandering. Yeah, I, he's terrible. I hate it. Uh, yeah, I I also think he burnt out a little bit. His star yeah. burnt out. I the DNC when the DNC gets involved, obviously that's when everything gets ruined. Yeah. And what they tend to do with like a younger not I mean Elizabeth Warren isn't younger, but she's perceived as being like less experienced yeah. than a lot of other politicians. Just put some old guard. Yeah. Like, that's what they did with Obama. They put yeah. up with Biden. Because they were like, Who's more old school in the Democratic yeah. Party than Joe Biden? Right. And people love him, even though again, super problematic. <laughs> yeah. Talk to Anita Hill. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that's what they do because they're like they don't want to scare people with their newness, you right, know. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I think uh, if Warren was going to run and needed the DNC to back her, they'd put her with some fossil. Yeah, that's that's what I'm scared of. Yeah, I, I really don't want that to happen. No, I, you know, I, 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 I have a hard time. It, it's hard because I, I, you know, I don't obviously. I think it goes without saying. I don't want Trump to have a second term. Yeah, but the most of the prominent Democrats are so bad. They're terrible. I also don't trust the Democrats to make a single right calculation. Right. No. I think we should all be very scared about Trump winning another yes. election. Very, yes. very concerned because the Democrats are completely fucking inept and have shown to be themselves to be inept. Also, it is you know, <laughs> it is not. It is worth remembering that. He's gotten two Supreme Court picks so far, and the uh, two oldest members of the Supreme Court are both uh, lefties. You shut your mouth. Justice Ginsburg's going to live forever. She, you look at me. <laughs> She's going to live forever. Yeah, so, I mean... Desi the, ran over here because he was so upset. Uh-huh. The four years... The, uh, four years is a long time. It's a very long time. So I love is, that Ginsburg is like, I will, uh, I will last as long... Yeah. As it takes to get to the next election. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah you will. <laughs> yeah, she has to. You hang in there. But, you know, it is... Do those uh, planks. Yeah. Uh, obviously, like, I, not that... I, I don't want it to sound like I'm saying 2016 election wasn't important. The 2020 is of the utmost importance. Yes. And... Uh, it, but it's just like, I, I don't want to be one of those parties where it's like, 
I just don't want the Democrats to turn into this party where it's like, well, we have to win, so let's just find the most milk toast non. I mean, that is who they are. Yeah. Obama was a phenomenon. Yes. And the DNC was not happy about him right. until like the last minute yeah, when they were yeah, like, yeah. oh fuck, I think he can win maybe. Yeah, yeah. But before that, they wanted Hillary so yeah, bad course. because she is old guard. She is from the dynasty of the Clintons. They are they are basically afraid of anything that gets like younger people excited. Yes. And well, which is suicidal strategy uh-huh. for a political party. What scares me is the idea because this happens every election. It's always like and people have this like selective amnesia where it's like this is the most important election. And yes, 2020 is an unbelievably important election, but it's always this is the most important election. We don't have time to be principled. Right. We have to pick a the the most moderate centrist we can to to the lowest common denominator to appeal to the most people and then four years later it's like this is the most important election of our life so we but what i'm saying is i think we find ourselves in a unique position where actually the most viable candidates are the ones who are more extreme i think so More extreme on the left because things are so bad right now you have cortez literally cortez's measure is just or message is just you should be able to live with dignity. Yeah. You should have affordable housing. You should have access to yes. health insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That message will play in every state. Uh-huh. If you yeah. stop portraying her as the red scare, right. like people actually respond to her message very positively. Yeah, and she's course. a great messenger. Mm-hmm. She is great in front of people. She is not scary. She's not a scary boogie woman. Like yeah. once you actually see her in person, I think if you get her out there, and I think that's what they were trying to prove when her and like Bernie went to Kansas, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is this message can play in every, in all 50 states. Yes. If the DNC isn't a fucking bunch of cowards. Yeah. But they're just so corrupt and they're so bought by corporate interests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't look to them, you no. know? And I what what makes me optimistic is they didn't want Obama. Right. Obama was just undeniable. Right, right. And also way more moderate than like a lot of yeah, people were, of course, <laughs> you know, course. portraying him to be. <laughs> right. But I think if we go around the DNC uh-huh. and enough people show that that's what they want, eventually the DNC will be like, oh, that's what you want? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think Elizabeth Warren would be a good... I think, you know, uh, like I said, there's not going to be a candidate that doesn't have issues. Yeah, sure. I think in terms of people that have issues, Elizabeth Warren is one of the better ones. Yes. Because the stuff that she does right, she does very right. She's excellent at conveying her messages, yes. too. Yes. I think she She's has... a great communicator. I think she has the ability. And I do think there's something to say about the idea of, like... I know that he is a very divisive figure, and I don't want to gloss over that. Bernie Sanders is a very divisive figure. His messaging also was wildly popular during the primaries. Yes. I think if we can continue that type of messaging with somebody else that is v- popular, yeah. it'll be a winning Not strategy. an old white man. <laughs> right. I, <laughs> Which is very important right now. I know that sounds yes. like, you know, a lot of people are like identity politics, but the culture of the country right now is if you put up another old white man. Uh-huh. It'll just look like more of the same. Of course, yeah. of course. So I think if you can, because I, I, I don't, I do think it is worth remembering that, like I said, there was a lot of popularity with Bernie's messaging. Yeah. I think 
if we can get that with somebody else. And I think Elizabeth Warren does have a lot of the same ideas that he has. And I also, it's not just that I think the messaging is popular. I think the messaging is correct. Yes. I think a lot of the ideas that they're proposing are good ones and they need to be implemented. So to have somebody that can conjure popularity while also having, I wouldn't say radical ideas, but like good progressive, like, just good ideas you know that can be implemented at a national scale i think we have to go with that i think we have to like follow that and maybe someone who knows a little something about foreign policy right (laughs) because that was embarrassing yes during those debates Mm -hmm. great messaging about domestic issues yeah yeah yeah, yeah. know something about the rest of the world a little bit a little bit like I mean, George W. Bush is an idiot, but yeah. they just spoon fed him enough sound bites about foreign policy where right, it's like, right, right. maybe he knows something. Well, and, uh, you know, it, it sucks because the, the, the left in this country is at a, 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 a constant handicap in terms of like getting voters because the right doesn't give a shit. Right. Trump didn't know anything, but all he has to do is say like China bad and people vote Woo! for him. You know, so so, their tits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like it's a lot harder to get (laughs) to get the other side on your side. It's a lot harder to get Democrat voters on your side. So unfortunately for us, whoever is going to be the Democratic nominee has got to be much, you know, much wiser and actually have a message and, and work harder. And listen, maybe if we yell at her enough, she'll have a good opinion about Israel. (laughs) Who knows? You know, things can happen. Accountable. Yeah. I uh, doubt it, but things could, you know, you know. Stranger things have happened. Sure. So while the little bit of time we have left, Eric, do you have any other recommendations we didn't get to? Anything you're looking mm. forward to? Anything that you've seen in the city that you were like, what? Ooh. Um. I can go if you need some time. Please, go right ahead. So I took the bus to uh-huh. D.C. Mm-hmm. this weekend Way back was pretty calm. The way there, I don't know what was going on, mm-hmm. but the woman in front of me, first of all, like was pretty territorial with the seat next to her. It was a pretty full bus. Yeah. And she kept like moving her bags and like making it very clear that she didn't want anyone to sit next to her. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, how dare this woman? Right. But then <laughs> as we were on our way to DC, the way this woman sleeps was the most insane thing I've ever seen. She was thrashing around and like she would throw herself down on the other seat uh-huh. and then she would thrash around and then she was asleep the whole time. Yeah. And then like shift and like hit her head against the window uh-huh. and then like fall forward on the seat in front of her and then like throw herself back into the seat she was sitting in and then throw herself down on the empty seat again. The entire time. And I was like, oh, she was sparing people uh-huh. from having to sleep she next to her. The She's like, thing. oh, I'm a violent sleeper. <laughs> just so you guys know. And you don't want to sit next to me. <laughs> I did not know people slept like that. Oh, my God. It was bananas. That sounds like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Then there was a guy who sat behind me who I was a little worried about because I was like, is this going to go on the whole time? Where he was talking to everybody. Mm-hmm. He's real chatty. Mm-hmm. He's like, hi, how you doing? How you doing? Hey, good, good, good. Uh, and then he was like, man, I hope I can sleep on this ride. I got to sleep before I get to D.C. Man, <laughs> it's important I go to sleep. Oh, I hope I can sleep. Man, 
it is criticalized. Like he kept talking about how important it was for him. Like maybe five minutes into the trip. And I was like, holy fucking shit. Is he going to talk the whole time about how important it is that he goes to sleep immediately? I was like, maybe shut the fuck up. You can go to sleep. (laughs) And then he did. Yeah, he did. So it wasn't an issue. But at first I was like, what in the ever living fuck is this? Uh huh. Did you think of anything? I have a few things. Okay. Um, I don't know what to call them, but they're just weird experiences. Um, let's see. Uh, nothing has come of it so far, but apparently the other night, after a very late night, I think it actually might have been after your cage match. Okay. I fell asleep on the train, <gasps> which is not uncommon for yeah, me. That sure. happens every day, basically. I fell asleep on the train, and according to Faith, uh, someone took a picture of me. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I've not seen myself on the internet. Do you guys follow anyone who posted a photo of you? If you see a picture of me asleep on a train, please let me know. First of all, did Faith just like watch it happen and say nothing? Pretty much, yeah. Cool. Cool, Uh cool, cool, cool. I just woke up to a text that said, well, the man sitting next to me just took a picture of you. (laughs) (laughs) Were you like sleeping weird? I don't think so. That's weird. I don't know. I mean, I was asleep, so I don't know. I don't think so though I, I don't know if i would take someone's photo if they fell asleep on the like yeah, why i don't know i don't know you must have been doing something i funny. had to have been doing something but i yeah. don't know um well you might be famous okay i could be i there's a a, a non-zero chance i'm a viral internet celebrity right I'm now i'm writing down is eric a meme question mark <laughs> yeah i might be a meme now it's just like sleepy fucker uh-huh. on train yeah um let's see the other uh I just a thing that I've noticed is that from because I was like I said I was working on a music video with a friend of mine. Uh, people just cannot help themselves when they see somebody filming to just find out what is going hey on. Hey guys, what's going on here? <laughs> what are you guys doing? Uh huh. Is it cool? A lot of cameras. Yeah. 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 Just everywhere we filmed because we filmed throughout the city in a lot of different locations. Like we filmed on the beach. We filmed um, in a boxing gym or a Muay Thai gym, I should say. Ooh, which one? Uh, evolution. Oh, okay. Evolution yeah, yeah, yeah. Muay Thai. I'm familiar. Um, uh, we filmed uh, uh, in just like in a couple spots, like throughout like the Fidei area, and just like you can't do anything with a camera without somebody walking up to you, be like, "What's going? What's uh, what's going on here?" He goes, "Yeah." What's uh, what's happening? What's going on? Well, before he ran away, I was about to say. Are you happy that your new cuddle buddy is Desi? Yeah, I he's I, been running over to you. I'm lately. like a human cat bed. I've just, he I've loves it. Um, but yeah, just <laughs> especially when we were on the beach. I mean, like a crowd formed behind us. Like people were. Just I mean, to, I guess it is exciting to see like cameras and yeah. stuff. Like, what is this? Are uh-huh. famous people here? And then they're like, oh. Oh, also, I this is a very brief thing, but I, I, I realized because I worked on uh, on that music video shoot. Worked long hours both days, like in the morning till close to midnight each day. Uh, But what was interesting was I was just doing grunt work, literally just like because the director's a friend of mine. So literally whatever he needed, I just went and did for him. Sometimes it was like holding crash pads for a person jumping or like going to get food or whatever. But I realized at the end of both of those days that like the feeling of doing that and the feeling of like my old job was like night and day. Mm. And I worked way harder on that music video than I worked at work. That's interesting. But like it was so A, I was working on something that I 
was happy to be working on because mm-hmm. I was making like a cool music video for a it's band. It's like creative, I like. yeah. Yeah, it's nice. And also like it's totally mindless work. Mm-hmm. There was no stress. Right. Like there's stress in that there's like timing issues. You mean you didn't like, have 800 people texting you mm-hmm. a million times a day? Right. No texting. And also like I wasn't having to make decisions. Mm-hmm. It was literally just like, go do this. I'm like, okay. Uh, and it's like, so nice when you can turn off your brain for oh a little bit. Oh my God. It was Ugh, so, it was so, I, I think that's also one of the reasons I'm so drawn to like cooking shows. Cause mm-hmm. I, something to me about the idea of just like, just doing completely mindless labor of just like, if you tell me to do something, I'll go do it. I don't have to make the decisions. I don't have to be in charge of anything. I will just go do it. I do that sometimes with, uh, improv. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not fucking initiating. Yeah. Once I'm going to come out and just respond. Yeah. And I think that there's something like to me, I like you're, sp- you're told you're supposed to strive to like being like the boss mm-hmm. and being in charge. But why for me, like I, why my new job, I haven't started it yet, but like when they were describing the job to me, I was like, Oh, that sounds so nice. Yeah. I'm not in charge Get of anything in there. I'm going to try. Right, thank you. There's like no responsibility. There's, it's just like something about the idea of just like, just do, just tell me what to do yeah. and I will go do it and I will do it well. And I'm not responsible for making any decisions. Mm-hmm. No, nobody is riding on me. It's just like, all I have to do is go do what I'm told. There's something so magnifique. There's something so nice to me about that. That I'm just, it's just such a weird revelation to have. Guys, please follow Eric on twi- Twitter. Twatter. Twatter. <laughs> yeah. Eric, E R K underscore Smith. Don't ask him any questions. Just give him orders. That's what he wants. Just give me orders. Tell me if I'm a meme. Yeah. Is Eric a meme? Hashtag oh. Light Treason Pod. Please go to lighttreason.news. Smash that donate button to keep us going. I am not yet a personal assistant. I need your financial support, everyone. <laughs> Uh, as little as $5 a month or a one-time donation to keep us going. Thanks so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs>